Thank you for tuning in to the Talk Marketing to Me podcast, where we talk all things marketing all the time. Don't forget to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And let's get started with today's episode. I am here with my wonderful co-host, Hannah Kilpatrick, whose last name went from a very short name to a very long name. So with that, I'll let her introduce our guest today. Yeah, so I'm excited because I think I think we can call ourselves friends. My We have my, uh, my friend Tim Beret on here today. He was the sports information director at Clemson University until 2018 and just has a really incredible um, story and does some really amazing things and is an incredible writer. So Tim, do you want to give us a little bit of background in your career and what all you've been up to recently? Well, sure, Hannah. It's good to uh, good to be with you. So um, I was in sports information at Clemson for uh, 40 years. Um, actually started as sports information in college uh, at Notre Dame. I, uh, uh, started working in the sports information office there in 1975. Uh, worked there my junior and senior years and then uh, stayed in the uh, I got my master's there. So I was there for three years, was there for some great times. Uh, Notre Dame won the national championship in football and went to the uh, final four in basketball my last year there in 77, 78. So got to meet a lot of people, make a lot of contacts uh, because of that. And uh, that kind of gave me the experience to, to uh, get an assistant sports information director job at, uh, at Clemson. And so I went to work for Bob Bradley on September 1st, 1978, and then was his assistant into the summer of 1989. And then from 1989 to 2018, I was the uh, the sports information uh, director. And so then I retired in July of 2018 and uh, wanted to have a little bit more uh, free time. But I still do some projects for the athletic department. Here at Clemson, I still do the color on uh, the football games and the basketball games. I uh, just did a Clemson-Florida State game last night. Happy to see Clemson won that game by 40 points. And uh, and then I also work for NBC Sports as a, uh, a, a statistician and research guy. I go to the uh, some of the uh, most of the uh, tournaments that NBC broadcasts. That get to sit in the tower with one of the announcers and. Uh, Try to make them look good. <laughs> I love awesome. that you've had you've had an incredible career, and one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on here is because Chad's told me a million times if he could hire a content person, he would much rather go with someone who has had a journalism slash writing background than someone who's just had a plain plain marketing background. So. Tell me a little bit about, you know, the writing you've done. Maybe you've got like a, is there maybe a creative process that you use when you write? Well, actually I have written, let's see, I've written uh, um, six books, I think. Um, most of them in collaboration with former Notre Dame coach, uh, Digger Phelps. They did a book on his uh, career at Notre Dame, which spanned 20 years from 1971 to 91. Um, I also collaborated with him to uh, do basketball for dummies. So if you go to any bookstore and see all the dummies books, uh, I did that with him and John Walters from 
from uh, Sports Illustrated, and then um, I did a couple of books on uh, Clemson football uh, history. I did a book on the 2016 Clemson National Championship season, and um, I think I'm about to do a book on the 50-year anniversary of UCLA's 88-game winning streak. I don't have a contract on that yet, but I've uh, put out a proposal uh, for that. So um, I've, I, uh, I deal in um, kind of athletic events that have taken place uh, and, uh, and, and try to give people uh, a good mixture of factually what happened, but also tell the interesting stories, um, you know, behind what happened, maybe some of the whys and wherefores of it. So for instance, um, when Digger Phelps became the head coach at Notre Dame in basketball in 1971, uh, he, in those days you scouted games in person because you didn't have the video capabilities that you have today. So he, he was gonna play Notre Dame and Marquette in Madison Square Garden when he was the head coach at Fordham. And so he went to Milwaukee to scout a Notre Dame versus Marquette game. And so it just so happened that he sat next to the sports information director at Notre Dame during that game. And he got very friendly with him. And that relationship really led to him becoming the head coach at, uh, at Notre Dame and, uh, just five months later. So stories like that, a little bit behind the scenes types of things are, are what I try to try to deal in and work into the things that I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Chad, you look like you want to ask something. Well, I was just, I, I had, when you entered it, mentioned him and everything, I really had no idea that you were such an accomplished author, but I'm, I'm not a sports guy, but no stretch of the imagination. So, <laughs> you know, I'm playing dumb because I am. <laughs> Chad but, is also writing his first book. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying right. to. <laughs> it's a marketing Makes book. <laughs> Fiction yeah, it, or nonfiction? Yeah, it, it's uh, well, it's it's fiction, but nonfiction. It's like a hybrid kind of thing. It's weird. Uh, it, it's a interesting take on how to do sales and marketing in a rural area. I'll put it that way. Okay. <laughs> so, Tim, do you have like a do you have a creative process that you go through? Like, I know you said you you like to talk about like the interesting stories, but do you have like, when you sit down at your computer and you're like, I'm going to do this, what is the, what's kind of the first thing you do? Is it well, the first thing I do is um, I try to get specific and laying out um, chapters. For instance, this pro uh, proposal that I'm working on for the 50 uh, year anniversary of UCLA's 88 game uh, winning streak, I'll try to you know, break down the, the first thing I really do is try to break it up into track into chapters and figure out the different topics that I'm going to have. And then I'll create a file on my computer for each chapter. And then as I come across or think of topics that will go into each chapter, then I just, you know, type them in something like a bullet note um, within, within the chapter. And so I try to be as organized as possible. It's kind of worked out. Most of the books I've done kind of have a chronological, you know, flow to it. Uh, obviously, that would be the case in, in, in this book. It would start with the last game that uh, one of the odd things about UCLA's 88 game winning streak is the, the losses at each end of it 
were losses to Notre Dame at Notre Dame, the second one of which in 1974, I actually was at the game as a freshman, uh, freshman student. So uh, the, the start of the process is to kind of just uh, go from the get go as far as what the chapters are going to be. And then, and then I, uh, you know, I, I kind of look at the overall scope of the book, put things in. Uh, but then when I start the process, I try to concentrate on one chapter and not pop from one to another. You find that you're never going to get the thing uh, finished. It's almost like a coach tries to take game, games one game at a time. I try to take a chapter, one chapter at a time. Now, do you yeah. try to write a certain number of pages a day or like, how do you handle that process? You know, that's a good, the, most of the books I've written have been based on total number of words, uh, 75,000 words or the basketball for dummies book was like 150,000 uh, words. So, but I, I, you know, I try to be balanced in the number of words per chapter, but that doesn't always work because uh, there just might not be as many stories or aspects to a, to a, to chapter as others. Um, but I'll, I'll pretty much try to start, um, just based on per chapter, like this, this book, they were shooting for 75,000 words. I got it broken down into, um, 14 chapters. So try to do five, 5,000 words per chapter. It's obviously going to be some uh, a little above that, some some below it, but that's kind of like a baseline thing I try to do. So yeah. do you try to, oh, sorry, honey, go ahead. No, you're good, Chad, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so, I mean, do you try to, I mean, like when you sit down, do you just sit down and try to bang out like the whole 5,000 words or do you kind of have to take it in spurts? I mean, because I know like when I do writing and everything, I, I try to bang it out and, I've got a friend of mine, he's wrote a couple of books and he's doing some screenplays and stuff. And he's just like, you know, I try to write so many, you know, things a day or whatever. And I, I'm just curious. Well, I, to me, it, I, it, I, when I look at the, like I told you, I break everything up into ch chapters and then maybe bullet notes within chapters. So I try to do, to write to the completion of a topic or of a, a bullet note so that I'm not, stopping in the middle of it and then I have to go back and totally retract my steps and reread everything the next time when I come back and and uh, and try to knock it out so it's more it's it's not exactly the number of words at a time or a day it's it's basically on on topics in this situation I mean I do have some other obviously some other things going I travel with the Clemson basketball team the football team and these golf tournaments so uh, overall, I try to do a chapter a week if I can, um, uh, is, is, but, but there'll be some times I'm going to be on the road. So I'm, uh, might not be able to, although I'm this weekend, we go to Louisville for, uh, for basketball. We don't play until, <clears throat> until at night. So I'm hoping to see if I can knock out a chapter on, uh, all day by working on it all day Saturday, if I can. Makes yeah, sense. so I have to tell you, every Clemson football game that I have been to, I have saved the programs because you always had such good articles in there. So I have a stack of programs okay. so that I could keep your writing. So when when you guys were making those programs, how much were you working with like the marketing team and the the print, you know, the digital and the print? Like how how does all of that work? 
Right. Well, yeah, I was the editor for the uh, of those football programs from wow, 1979 until um, about 2015. My last couple of years, uh, somebody else took over that aspect of it. But um, yeah, we we uh, the process really for the, like the programs that you would uh, uh, come come pick up at a game. Um, we do work significantly with the marketing people in regard to the advertisement and the placement of ads. So there was uh, the marketing people would sell the ads. Some of the ads were based on where they were in the book. Obviously, you paid more money for having the center spread where the roster is because that's what people go to uh, the most. Uh, and then about um, August 1st, we would <clears throat> meet with the marketing people and we'd sit at this big desk and we'd have all the different ads and we'd assign, I'd assign pages to each uh, ad. And then we would work with the printer who would, uh, you know, actually would uh, uh, place the ads in the, uh, in the, uh, in the book. And, and that's how it would go from there. Now that's just the marketing aspect of it, the selling of ads, a whole nother part of it being the editor, of course, is determining what articles are going to go in each program. So, uh, Hannah, if you came to a, uh, a game, uh, there might be three players on the cover. We try to feature our senior players on the covers of the programs. And and so we'd have uh, probably a two-page feature on each one of those uh, players. So I'd be in charge of assigning the writing of those, uh, of those articles to either students or full-time assistants that are uh, on our staff, uh, and then some of the things I would write. Uh, I usually would write the uh, the today's game article that would be kind of an overview look at the at the two teams and uh, what would be key matchups to to watch for. If you're uh, you know were a fan, I might write a feature on a former player. Uh, I usually had a last word article that uh, was just kind of a a feature type column on some aspect of the program or even the opponent that we were, uh, you know, going against. So it was a lengthy process, especially in the preseason. You were pretty much finished with the marketing people in the month of August when we went through all the advertisements and, and, and things of that, that nature. Now, of course, there's that ad aspect of marketing, but then there's also the aspect of marketing, you know, uh, trying to publicize the sell of the, uh, you know, of the program, whether we talked about it on a local radio station or got uh, somebody locally to, to just write a short blurb about what was coming up in the, in the game program that, uh, that week. Yeah. I think my favorite one is we came, may have been in like the third grade and it was when James Davis and CJ, CJ Spiller were still, Thunder and lightning. Thunder and lightning. That's right. Yep. I had a t-shirt that said thunder and lightning oh, on the back. Right. And then um, it was that program. And I swear they were either playing Boston College or Central Michigan. I don't know. It was when JJ Watt was still on that Michigan that was team. 2007. Yep. It's Central Michigan in 2007. We snuck by them by a score of 70 to 14, by the mm -hmm. way. And yeah. we did play Boston College in 2007 at home, so it could have been either one of those uh, those two games. Uh, you know, just to give you an aside, as far as you know, marketing. Uh, you know, we talk about marketing our players when we're 
in sports information, marketing to players, promoting to players. I guess it has a little bit of a different context today with all the NIL opportunities that, that uh, student athletes have, but um, the, uh, the marketing of Thunder and Lightning came about from an outside source, actually. Todd Blackledge, uh, 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 an outstanding uh, color commentator for ESPN, he did the Clemson uh, versus Georgia Tech football game in 2006. And uh, that was the first time college game day ever came to, uh, to, to Clemson. But uh, Davis and Spiller had terrific games mm-hmm. that day. We beat a 12th ranked Georgia Tech team. And, um, and he just, it just popped into his mind to coin them as Thunder and Lightning with James Davis being Thunder and, and CJ being, being uh, Lightning. And uh, so we kind of heard about him say, calling them that on the, uh, on the game. And then we just kind of, uh, it just took off and we, we used that and publicized it uh, from there. So sometimes you get the benefits of an outside uh, faction uh, uh, other than your, your internal people. Yeah. Yeah. That was my first game ever. And it was central Michigan. Cause I'm thinking it was when JJ Watt was still with them before he transferred to Wisconsin. So I was like, and he was the tight end. Yep. It's a Majigny Watt story is, is just amazing that, yeah, he played tight end against Clemson in that, in that game. And he, then he transferred to Wisconsin and they made him into a defensive player and he's going to be in the hall of fame someday. Yep. I know I tell my husband all the time, if I got one trade in, if I could trade in a husband one time, it would be for <laughs> JJ. <laughs> he is a great guy. Just again, This is off topic, but. Someday you should Google the uh, uh, commencement speech he gave at the University of Wisconsin a few years ago. It's terrific. terrific. Oh, wow. I'll have to go watch that. Yeah, you have to go watch it. So I'm interested, has writing always come naturally to you or is that a skill that you wanted to do when you kind of honed in on? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you a funny story, funny personal story. So when I was in like... I don't know, sophomore year of high school. And so I was, uh, my father was a brilliant guy. He was valedictorian of his high school class, <clears throat> graduate of Notre Dame, got a master's from Harvard. And so um, I wrote a some kind of paper and I had left it on the mantle that to remind me to take it with me to school. And so, uh, you know, I went upstairs, it was about 8.30. I figured, okay, I'm ready for the day. And my father took the paper and he read it. And he yelled up to the me, he says, Tim, come down here. This paper is atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> so he uh, he t- proceeded to teach me a few things that I needed to learn about grammar. <laughs> and, uh, and but it was great. I mean, he you know, he he told me the importance of writing uh, and communication and um and so I always remember that uh, that uh, that story. Now, I really didn't write that much in uh, in high school, and it wasn't until I went to Notre Dame and took a couple of writing courses. But I didn't go into the sports information office at Notre Dame till I was a junior, and uh, that's when I really got a lot of experience, uh, you know, writing releases. Um, you know, in sports information, you you write, you know, you can write features about student athletes or whatever 
Um, and then, of course, you cover events, as you probably know, whether it be a tennis match, a golf tournament or whatever, which is kind of almost AP style writing, nuts and bolts um, type of uh, type of writing. But I really kind of uh, enjoyed it. Um, I got positive feedback on some on some things that I that I wrote when I was at Notre Dame. And so um, and then just by the basics of what we do in sports information, um, which, you know, I'm sure we'll go into that's kind of changed today because of the social media and graphics aspects of things. But when I was in college and then even working in sports information at Clemson, uh, you know, the, the, the written prose was, uh, you know, the best way to, uh, to communicate, whether it be game notes and facts that the media could use and turn into, you know, features uh, or just basic features that you wrote to, uh, uh, like you would read in the football program. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Chad, do you have anything you want to add? You're like, well, yeah. he, I can tell he's just astonished because you've written six books and he's like, well, oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I've got one in me, to be honest, but <laughs> no, I mean, I always kind of have to rib, you know, Hannah because of her age. So, you know, obviously, you know, you're a little bit older than I am, obviously, but, you know, it, it's one of those things like you have seen the industry change so much. I mean, from like the internet coming into existence and Hannah not knowing life without the internet. So, I mean, literally. So, so I guess maybe speak to, for, you know, kind of how you've seen it evolve and just that kind of transition and then of course you know social media coming in i mean that just turned everything on its head so yeah absolutely so they're, they're kind of two different two thing two steps um so let's start with yeah the just just the start of the internet um and you know getting used to using that as a uh, as a as a source for research, because, you know, in sports information of the books that I've uh, done, you know, research and, and, uh, and facts have a lot to do with what I, uh, I do. Uh, so, <laughs> and I'm still going through that kind of a transition uh, now, learning what you can find on the internet versus what you need to save in your uh, record books and historical items that, you know, I still have a lot of uh, you know, books and things at my house. And sometimes I, uh, you know, they do come in handy. I'll give you a perfect example. So um, one of the things I'm working on in this book about UCLA streak uh, was about their 1971-72 season when the when it kind of started. And, uh, and so I found an old uh, NCAA record book where they uh, talked about how this was going to be the year to get UCLA because they'd lost three or four starters from the previous year. Um, and so, you know, it, it uh, talked about other, uh, other teams and that uh, could take away their streak of having one, four straight NCAA, five straight NCAA tournaments. And then it casually mentions a guy named Bill Walton, who ended up being one of the great players in the history of college basketball, but he hadn't played yet. Um, so I'll use the information in that 1971 NCAA guide uh, as probably as the lead of that chapter. Now, could I find that NCAA old NCAA guide on the internet? I, you know, I don't know. I don't. I kind of don't think so. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things on the internet, but then there's a lot of older things and older books that nobody has scanned yet to put 
you know, to put up there. So that's kind of still an example of something that um, uh, you could still benefit by some of the things that you, uh, you know, that you uh, save. So, uh, but but that that aspect of it, this, the internet and using it as a tool uh, for your uh, research. But then you also have the social media part of it, which everything is on the internet, but the social media part of it has really just kind of exploded within the last five years. And in, in my chosen field, sports information, it's really been split in two now. You have the social media aspect of marketing your program, and then you kind of have the old school aspect of, uh, of what you have to do in sports information. Uh, so, for example, you know, the old school part of the person who now does my job at Clemson, Ross Taylor, he, he still got to has to crank out the notes and, 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 and research. Uh, he still has to set up inter interviews for ESPN and the student athletes and organize all that kind of thing. But then you have the other aspect of sports information now, which is doing the graphics to tweet out, uh, you know, information about your uh, team. The use of videos is just, you know, unbelievable, uh, exploded. Uh, you know, that's where if, if you have people who are interested in getting jobs in an athletic department, that's a place to go. The social media part, they're always growing. They're always looking for, for people to, uh, to do videos or, or, or whatever. We, we had now at Clemson, you know, we have just some, somebody for just about every sport uh, who is in charge of the social media aspect of it. So it's it's uh, kind of doubled in size uh, all the different sports information uh aspects whether it be marketing and and um sports information but but they really do work hand in hand so i'll give you a, a perfect example last night clemson played uh florida state won the game by 40 points well i knew from having done the record book for all those years and i could look it up that was the largest margin of victory for clemson basketball team against an acc a team, which goes back 70 years. Uh, so I took that information and gave it to the sports information uh, director for, for basketball. And then he gives it to his social media person who uh, can make a graphic about that, maybe with a big 40 and one of our players in the background or whatever, but something that they can, uh, they can tweet out. So it's kind of a good marriage between old SID who, who knows the facts and the records and new SID who knows how to promote it um, uh, through social media. See, that's the advice that you gave me. Well, I think the first time we spoke, I was 15 and now so. I'm almost 25. Wow, so how about that? That is, uh, that's the reason that I'm, uh, that I'm in social media and doing social media marketing and content marketing is because I was writing an article for our high school newspaper right. about jobs in uh, college sports that you don't normally think about. So I emailed Tim one night just thinking, man, you know, this guy's probably never going to respond to me. <laughs> I'll shoot my shot. And so Tim emails me about five minutes later. He's like, yeah, let's talk. So Tim gave me some advice. He's like, you know, get a degree in communications because you'll have to learn how to write. And he's like, I'm telling you what, the social media stuff is exploding. You might want to try that. So here we are. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that's great. It's, 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 uh, it's great to see how that's worked out. It's worked out for a lot of my 
you know, former student assistants have had a lot of student assistants have gone into whether it be sports information or doing, you know, sports marketing for schools or the things along the way, what you're, uh, you're doing. That's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. That's good. Chad has to put up with me constantly. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still, I'm still teaching Chad how to write. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I was trained as a graphic designer who, you know, has to write because, you know, that's where we are now. And, you know, I, I've transitioned what I do, but I will tell anyone, I can't get my way out of a paper bag with a dictionary and a thesaurus. So there you go. <laughs> and Siri so doesn't your shelf back there. You got a lot of books back there. Well, I, so this is the interesting thing. And Hannah's heard me tell this story, but when I was in college, you know, I went to App State you know, go Mountaineers, uh, yeah. back before, you know, they were, well, I was in grad school when they got like their first national championship kind of thing. So it was, they weren't on the map when I went there and I was just like, Oh God, you want me to read a book? Like, and a friend of mine, he's just like, you should read 10 pages a day. This is, you know, probably five, six years ago, uh, before COVID kind of thing. He's like, you should read five pages a day. I'm like, or 10 pages. I'm like, you know, I could probably do that. I could probably do that, you know, kind of thing. And I'm, you know, not being trained marketing, trained sales, you know, school of hard knocks kind of thing. That was the best way for me to learn. And then, you know, obviously podcast and, you know, the internet is how you keep up with all the ever-changing things that goes on in the internet today. So, but yeah, I've, I've read most of them. There's a few up here, or I say, right, right there that I haven't read. So top shelf is to be read or reread. So. <laughs> Now you can place your order for Tim's books. I, well, yeah. I, I, was, <laughs> I mean, well, I did bring it up on Amazon just so that we could link to it. But yeah, I mean, it was. You have an impressive list there, Tim. <laughs> yeah, thank you. They're all they're all sports related, except I did do one on uh, with Digger Phelps and Father uh, Hesburg, which isn't really a sports book. Father Hesburg was the noted uh, president of the University of Notre Dame for thirty five years, including when I was. In, in school and uh he and uh, coach phelps had a real close relationship so uh he asked me to collaborate with him uh, on a book about him so we did that a few uh, back in 2016 he died in 2015 it was right after he had passed away oh gosh well, that's awesome i mean it's yeah Hannah, you got anything else you want to ask? You look like you I got do. a question I there. think I have, <laughs> I have the big question that I think all of our listeners, and especially my dad, because he's one of my go-to listeners, is going to want to know, what is it like working with the absolutely incredible Dabo Sweeney? I mean, I want to know, like, all the all the things. <laughs> well, um, he's, he's terrific for, for me to start with, you know in sports information and in any, any line of work, you want to work with somebody who is genuine and honest, has a natural love for what he's doing and the people with whom he is, uh, is working. And uh, so Dabo and I go back to 2003 when he first came to Clemson as an assistant coach. Wow. It's 20 years. I just thought. Um, and uh, so he, uh, he was the recruiting coordinator. So I got to spend a lot of time with him, especially around signing day when uh, we were working on the bios and information about uh, the kids that he was going to uh, sign. And he just, uh, you know, he was at the forefront and such a hard worker and everything that 
he did. It seemed like most of the kids we were signing were all kids that he recruited uh, uh, directly. But, um, you know, I was, you know, worked with him with obviously as an assistant coach. And then, of course, when he became the head coach was an amazing day for Clemson and an amazing day, you know, for me, because uh, that October 13th of uh, 2008, you know, we all went to the office uh, figuring Tommy uh, Bowden was still going to be the the head coach but by the end of the day Dabo was the head coach and he was in charge and he uh he uh took the bull by the horn and uh and and ran with it and um but I could just see his uh experiences at Alabama helped him pre prepare him for this job because Alabama is such a big time program and uh so that really helped him uh you know he just has a sixth sense about the things to do all aspects of uh of a program, but he, uh, you know, he is a genuine guy. He, 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 he's a, he cares about all the people that are, uh, you know, working with him. And, uh, I'll tell you one of my favorite stories about him. So in 2011, uh, my mother had just passed away in the summer and my father came down for, for a game against Wake Forest. And so before the Tuesday press conference, I brought my dad in to meet Dabo. He had heard about him, but my father hadn't come down to Clemson very often because my mother had Alzheimer's and he couldn't really um, leave her. So he finally came down and they chatted a while. And my father went to Notre Dame during the heydays of the, uh, of the 1940s. And so uh, we go to the press conference, we go through the press conference. And at the end of the press conference, without any prompting of me, uh, Dabo tells the media, well, before we break up, I want to uh, introduce somebody that we have a special guest here today, Chuck Beret, uh, Tim Beret's uh, father, and he said something about him. And then uh, to much delight or proud, made my father feel really special. He said, Mr. Beret, how many games did Notre Dame lose in the 1940s when you were in school? And my father held up two fingers because that's all they lost in four years. That's how good Notre Dame was in the 1940s. Oh, wow. uh, but just for him to think about that, when he had a big game against Wake Forest to clinch the ACC uh, Atlantic Division title, just to, uh, to think about that uh, and, and to do that for my father uh, would just tell you all you need to know about him. Yeah, he's always seemed like such a good, genuine. He is. Just a one hundred down down yeah. to earth kind of guy yeah, that's awesome absolutely yeah and well, as well, a lot of it is because of his what he went through as a as a, as a kid you know he kind of came from a broken family he had to work very hard you know even when he first went to alabama uh, he was a walk-on so he went on scholarship on the weekends he would clean gutters in birmingham alabama he had a job he had a he had a just with his personality he was able to get a lot of uh, jobs but he would clean gutters on the on the on the weekends during the off uh, season but that that instilled him with him such a great hard uh, work ethic yeah and, and he still has that today now speaking of Alabama I have to tell you one of my marketing professors in college was Bear Bryant's pool boy pool boy yes <laughs> So he could tell us all these stories of how Bear Bryant was just the nicest person and he'd go over and he'd clean his pool. And yeah, weirdly enough, that ended up being one of my marketing professors. Wow, how about that? That's that's good. I wonder if he I wonder if he uh 
if he wore his hat when he laid out of the sun in the uh, in, in the pool. I just can't just can't picture Bear Bryant laying out of the pool. He was so he was so driven and focused, like a lot of football coaches are. But I'm sure he had a nice house there in the, in the, in Alabama. And uh, but yeah, you know he what did he? As he died on January 26th, 1983, and he coached his last game on like December 30th. So he died like three uh, three weeks after he coached his last game. So uh, um, anyway, but yeah, you know he was a terrific coach. I've heard a lot of good stories about him through Coach Ford, um, who you know was his captain in 1969. And here's a little uh, fun little story for you in 1969 Alabama played at Clemson and Danny Ford was the captain of the team for uh, for Alabama and so uh, uh, he uh, Alabama beat Clemson and it was the 100th uh, victory Air Bryant's career at Alabama and that was the year also that uh, the NCAA celebrated the 100th year of college football so coach Ford and then this so they had stickers 100 year stickers on all of the helmets for college football players that year. And so coach Ford got the idea to peel his sticker off his helmet and, and put it on the football. And he presented it to bear Bryant in Clemson Memorial stadium after that game. How crazy is that? And then Danny Ford becomes the Clemson football coach uh, many years later. Wow. I know I could sit here and talk stories of Tim like all day. He's he knows so much. It's just you know my husband, my dad now will be talking to my husband's like, who are the Bostic brothers? And I'm like, let me tell you. <laughs> I texted with Joe Bostic last night. He's an avid Clemson basketball fan, and so he was texting me during the game. Oh my gosh! Wow, what a legend. Yeah. But Chad, do you want to ask our our final kind of? throw you for a kicker kind of question yeah so obviously you've picked up that i'm a, a avid reader now not in my professors in college be like what chad reading now so but yes so is there any books that have really influenced or helped you in your working career wow you know i i, I will not say i will not say books although uh, there was a book that Jerry Kramer wrote about the Green Bay Packers called Instant Replay that was out in the 1960s. Um, and, you know, he kind of documents an entire season of the Green Bay Packers uh, under Vince Lombardi. Uh, and I really enjoyed that book. And so maybe that has a, had a little bit of influence on on the way I have uh, written some of the books that I've that I've done in, in in uh, in sports certainly the you know i did the book i did a book on the 2016 clemson national championship uh season and so you know that was maybe that was along those kind that uh that kind of style but you know i, I really what's influenced my uh my writing as much as anything might be uh, just things you read in 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 sports illustrated or periodicals or whatever Obviously, the times have changed and, you know, that's not published weekly uh, anymore. But when I was growing up, that was must must reading. And um, I remember my father being concerned that well, he, all he's reading is sports. He reads Sports Illustrated, all the 
all the time, but those were great writers and you, and you learned a lot naturally just about grammar, basic grammar, but also writing styles um, and, and the way they um, uh, attacked stories. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'd, I'd also have to say the writers of Sports Illustrated of my youth um, probably had as much influence on me as anything. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. That's awesome. Well, okay. now I've got our last question. Okay, it's you just do a it. fun one for no reason. Tim, if you had like a baseball walkout song, what would your <laughs> walk-up song be? Walk-up song? <laughs> yep. Oh, my gosh. I've never even thought about that. Oh, or you could be doing a keynote, you know, like you're doing a keynote for something, you know, like, where are they going to introduce you at? What would they introduce me as? Well, like the song, what's the song that's going to play as they're introducing you? Oh man, I am, uh, I'm not a, I'm not a music, uh, I'm not a music uh, a, a person. I'm trying to, you know, <laughs> I've kind of drawn a blank. Growing up, my favorite uh, group, I guess, was uh, I guess was ABBA. Believe it or not, I used to think to listen to yes. that music. But I don't know. I'm trying to think of a title of one of their songs that uh, it wouldn't be Dancing Queen, would it? it would be Dancing Queen, but <laughs> I guess that yeah. I don't know. I'm, yeah, no, I'm not that. I'm not that type. Uh, uh, either I know I've kind of drawn a blank about that one, but um, but I do remember listening to uh, ABBA songs. I'll have to think of those titles mm -hmm. to see if uh, see if one. So I don't know. You kind of got me with that one. <laughs> That's I know awesome. all That's our baseball players. All our baseball players have that. Our first baseball game is is tomorrow, and I know that's a big uh, it's a big thing. So I'll have to think about that. So now well, you need to. I'll Switch text you an answer, their, Hannah. <laughs> Switch up all of their walk-up songs now to a different I'll pay, I'll pay attention. <laughs> oh man, Tim, this maybe, is awesome. Maybe we'll just uh, say your your um, intro song is the Clemson Fight song. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it would have to be a combination, Notre Dame and uh, and Clemson, because you know Notre Dame owes so much to them. Because if it wasn't for um, you know, the preparation I got and the exposure I, I got to that 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 last year when um, Notre Dame won the national championship in football, I got to set up interviews for Joe Montana and uh, and in basketball we had uh, great players and Kelly Trapuca and uh, a lot of other famous Bill Lambier, a lot of the famous guys that I got to work with. So um, while I've been the majority of my career at Clemson, I certainly owe a lot to Notre Dame too. That's awesome. Tim, this has been great. It is always a pleasure to get to see you and talk to you. Well, good, and, to, uh, good to see you. I'm, I'm so glad you're, uh, uh, even though you made me feel old when you said you were in the third grade when you saw Thunder and Lightning. <laughs> <so. laughs> but uh, I'm very happy for you and uh, and, and glad you've uh, taken that initial uh, contact we had and uh, turned it into a career. That's great. Thanks for listening to the Talk Marketing To Me podcast, where we talk all things marketing all the time. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn to stay in the loop about what's next. And don't forget to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. See you next time.